Well, good morning. How's everything? Everybody survived the rain, right? Did anybody start driving down to Williamstown to see if they're taking borders with all the rain that we had and everything? Well, I've got to say, this is the first time that I can ever remember doing this. I walked off and left my Bible in my office that has my notes in it. So I'm going to ask Eliza, will you go get my notes and bring them to me? So um, I I was more concerned, I guess, about making sure I was mic'd up and uh, ready to start some music. Um, You know, this uh, last few weeks, we've been going through a series from 1 John, the book of 1 John. Anybody remember, anybody been here for all the previous four Anybody, well, I shouldn't have asked, I shouldn't have made you raise your hands just there, because then the next question, does anybody remember what we talked about in the beginning? Uh, As we've worked our way uh, from 1 John each chapter. Now, again, we haven't gone through every verse in the whole chapter, and I have encouraged you and and still continue to encourage you to go back and take a a read through the rest of the chapter. Now, I think then the first week we actually did read the whole chapter because uh, that's a fairly small, I think, 10 verses in that first chapter. So we did go through the whole chapter, but the rest of them we have only done bits and pieces. So thank you. I could wing it so far, but uh, after a while I was going to need some notes there. Um, But in that first week when we talked about um, the passage or the the chapter from 1 John chapter 1, what we took a look at there was the fact that Jesus is who he said he is. Anybody believe that Jesus is real? I'm pretty sure that most of you believe that Jesus is real since uh, you're here. You know? And then we worked our way through it, and we talked about several topics, particularly we talked about Jesus being real, we talked about the fact that Satan is real, and then we talked about the fact that God wants us to know that we have an advocate in Jesus. We have a go-between. We have uh, someone who... who uh, is there for us because, quite frankly, none of us want to face God and His perfection on our own. We need that advocate. We need someone to go for, uh, to go forward for us. And then we also make sure that we do our part to recognize sin for sin, and that if we love God and seek to be obedient, we understand that it's not going to be easy. So today we want to look at um, this final chapter in First John, and we want to talk about the assurance that we get when we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior and that we seek to live according to the Word and the will of God. So let's take a look at this passage from First John chapter 5. We're going to read just the first five verses here, and again, I encourage you to read the rest of it uh, at a later time. Not right now, okay, save that for another time, but we'll take a look at the first five verses. It says this, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this, we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey His commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I want you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word to us today, and Lord, we pray that you will uh, open our hearts, that we might hear what you would speak to us, and we pray that your spirit would move among us in a very real and a, and a very powerful place, Father. And we pray that, that all of the things that, um, that I say, it's not about me. And, and Father, I just pray that you would hide me behind the cross, and, and that all of these words that come forward know that they are inspired by you, that they are guided by you. And Father, we just thank you for your word to us today, and I pray that, our, uh, that, that each and one of us will take away exactly what it is that you would have us to take away from today. In Jesus' name we pray it all. Amen. Well, I think the big 
truth that we want to start off is, is from this passage is this, and that is that God overcomes the world. I think we need to hear that. I think we need to be reminded of that, especially in light of everything that we're, that we're facing, everything that's going on in our culture today. We need to be reminded that God overcomes the world. Now, for our part, now, if you're a follower of Christ, you probably know this, you believe this, you recognize this fact. However, because of the culture that we live in, I think for the most part, we if you're like me anyway, you're, you're pretty much just tired of all of the stuff. You know, you're tired of, of the coronavirus, you're, you're tired of not knowing, you're tired of the uncertainties, you're tired of all of those kind of things. And we can say, okay, God, I understand that you are greater than all this, that you're going to overcome all this, but like when? <laughs> you know, when are we going to see the end inside? Is, is the end near? Is it all going to, you know, come to a head here and then be done? I, I don't know. So we have all these questions. But the thing about it is, is that we need to continue to remember that no matter where we are, no matter all of the uncertainties that we're facing, the concerns that we're facing, that God is greater than anything we will encounter. You know, God knows what's going on. He, he's, got, he's fully aware of what's happening, and, and yet He has His hand, uh, continues to have His hand on us. And, and one of my hopes and prayers through all this is that God will continue to, to use what's happening and will grow us. You know, how many people are seeking answers right now and they're not finding them? Hopefully that means that they will continue looking for those answers and they will begin to find answers by coming to Christ, by coming to God, by renewing their faith in Him or finding Him in the very first place. Again, God is greater than anything that we are going to encounter. You know, if you truly know Jesus Christ as your Lord, then you have this assurance. You can know that we can truly overcome anything that we ever might face. And that includes this COVID-19. I mean, if you're like me, you're sick and tired of it, right? You know, it's just a fact. It's out there. We know it. We want to be safe. We, we want to you know, do all the right things and make all the right choices. But at the same time, it's like, okay, any time now, we can be done, right? Um, we're tired of not having solid answers. We're tired of, of even groups that have been politicizing a virus. And, and that's unfortunate. I, I never thought I would ever see that in my lifetime, you know, talking about vaccines and possible treatments. And yet politics somehow weaves their way into all that. Uh, I'm just so tired of it all. But, you know, Again, even though I feel the frustration and I feel the aggravation, just as I'm sure that you do, I continue to have to remind myself that God is bigger than all this and that God will give us what we need to overcome. And the thing is, we just need to continue to ask Him, ask Him for the strength. Continue to put yourself at the foot of the cross and continue to seek opportunities to serve the Lord by, by sharing Christ's love. Again, we don't have all the answers we just be patient. We continue to put our faith and our trust in God. The assurance is not a guarantee that you're going to be on easy street. Don't, don't think that for a minute. Just, just being assured that God is overcoming and that we as followers of Christ have that place with him just doesn't, doesn't mean that everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be easy, uh, that we never have to worry about being sick or having disease because what this assurance is about isn't about getting wealthy. It's not about being healthy all the time. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, the world in this world, you will have trouble. Notice that he didn't say you might have trouble. He said you might uh, have a near miss with trouble. No, he said you will have trouble. He, he didn't say you might. He didn't say it may happen. He said you will. We live in this broken world. Anybody agree with that? We live in this broken world, and this broken world is broken by the weight of sin, and we see it and we feel it every day. And we need to realize that because of that, no one, even Christ followers, are immune to the brokenness. That means we're not immune 
to being sick. That means we're not immune to having bad things happen. You know, and, and, you know, we've all had those days where like one thing happens and the next thing happens and, the, and you're like, OK, yeah, this can stop any time now. You know, you just kind of get this one thing and then one thing and then one thing, you know, and, and sometimes it's not a big thing. Yesterday um, uh, we were I came to a graduation party and I had a graduation party. And for some reason, when you have a big family, people want to send food with you. So and we are not complaining at all. We are not complaining at all. But so, so we bring stuff home, and then Lisa's like passing out food, and she grabs a plate and throws it in the microwave, and all of a sudden we smell this terrible smell. It's like, what is that? It's not like something burning. Nothing, this is some, nothing's burnt, right? Well, guess what? The microwave went kaput. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, my goodness. So right in the middle. So all right, what do you do? Well, we got a stove, right? So we heat some stuff up on the stove. Not a big deal. But, you know, if you've ever had that experience, usually that kind of thing happens when there's, you know, if it's been a bad day, you get up, you go out, and your tire's flat, okay? You get that taken care of, and then you get to work, and you find out somebody stole your, your favorite pencil, you know, or whatever it is, you know? And, and it's just kind of, and they're like the series of little things, and things keep happening, and, and their whole day just kind of goes that way. You ever have one of those? Anybody ever have one of those days? I'm the only one that's ever had one of those. Anyone ever had one of those kind of days where nothing seems to go right? See, even as Christians, even as Christ followers, we're not immune to stuff. And, and those may be smaller things and little things, you know, because a microwave is easily replaceable and you can find another favorite pencil or whatever. Uh, but maybe it's a series of bigger things that, that seem, uh, you know, the weight of, of what's going on just seems to continue to push you down. But again, Jesus said, and he said it in that same verse um, um, back in John sixteen thirty three, he said, when he said, you will have trouble, he said, after that, take heart because I have overcome the world. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that we don't have to live in this broken down state? And, and no matter what happens to us in this life, we know that Jesus has overcome for the next one. You know? We can get through this. We can get through this together because Jesus Death broke the power of Satan. He broke the power of the devil. And his finished work, what Jesus did when he went to the cross, when he died on the cross, his finished work that he completed on this earth, it, it takes some of the teeth out of suffering, right? You know, I've said it before, uh, and, and I've, I've done a lot of funerals over the years and had this discussion the other night at a Bible study. You know, I said, you know, I've done a lot of funerals over the years and, and when you do a funeral of someone who is a believer, who has lived their life for Christ, who has, knows what it means to overcome the world, and they lived doing service and, and lived being active in their church and, and be, lived being active in mission groups, and you know what happens? That a person, when that person passes away, their, their life pretty much writes their funeral. And then you flip that around to someone who you're not sure what kind of life they had and and as a matter of fact, maybe they had no relationship with Jesus Christ whatsoever. And the suffering that you feel at a funeral like that, the suffering uh, that you feel from family members, the difficulty in trying to speak to the family, you know, and it's got to be for the family. You just try to give them as much comfort and peace and closure as you can. But those are difficult. But yet for someone who has lived their life for Christ, it's so easy. It just, again, those, those messages just write themselves. And it's amazing, the difference. But you see, when we know Jesus Christ and we live as we have overcome the world, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. 
because ultimately we know that this is all temporary, right? Anybody, any of your math majors in here give me a uh, definite figure for infinity? You know, you got that little symbol, the sideways eight, right? You know, infinity. Anybody, anybody know what infinity is? Y'all are quiet this morning. Have your brains been soaked by the rain or something? Okay. Infinity means what? Forever. To infinity and beyond, right? It, there is no end. It just keeps on going. Infinity goes on forever. And that's really hard for us to, to comprehend because we know everything to have a beginning and an end. But do you know that God is infinite? God is timeless. God operates outside time, and He operates outside the physical realm that we live in. And God is infinite. And so it's hard for us to think what this means for us when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we make an infinite decision to live with Him and to be present, to be in His presence for all eternity, infinitely. That means that there is no end. And it's hard for us to comprehend that, again, because there's a beginning and an end. But the reality is, is that however long we get to live, however long we're blessed to have life on this earth, it's very minute. It's so tiny compared to life eternal. And so whatever we deal with, whatever sicknesses, whatever difficulties, whatever we deal with in this life, compare that to a life in paradise for all eternity. It's just a tiny little drop in the bucket. As a matter of fact, saying a drop in the bucket gives it quantity that really isn't even definable. We can't even begin to imagine. So when we get hung up on the stuff going on here, it means we've lost sight of what's to come and what God has prepared us for. Now, the thing about it is, when we talk about overcoming the world, we need to realize that we cannot overcome the world on our own. Pride can be problematic, to say the least. Matter of fact, pride can be a very arrogant and ignorant animal that comes into our lives. Because, again, we might think we're pretty cool. And I don't know, something about our our younger generation, I've, I've noticed this with the boys uh, the, our, our, our kids, that some, sometimes they have these ideas that I know it all. I can do everything, right? Because all you've got to do is try to explain something to them. I know. I know. Anybody else experience this? This is not a phenomenon with the teeters, our family, right? Everybody else experienced this, right? It's like, I know. So we had gone camping this, this past week uh, for a few days and tried to navigate through the rain and where the, the campground where we were is this nice little pond. It's a little catch-and-release pond. There's a bunch of little bluegills stocked in there and, and anything. So, so we're over there and we're fishing. So the kids are fishing or whatever. So I was trying to... We, I got this little bitty rod. It's about this big. So it was great for the boys. And So I'm trying to show Lucas, the five-year-old, you know, how to cast. And he's like, kept trying to take it out of my hand. I was like, no, let me show you how this works. He goes, no, I know. No, let me show... No, I know. And, and basically, quite well, since you know how to fish, go ahead and show me. You know, so he pretty much almost hooked his sister who was standing behind him. So I say, let me try again and show how to cast this thing out there. So, so it's kind of funny how, you know, again, how we know everything. And, and, and we laugh about that with kids, but at the same time, sometimes we approach God that way, don't we? Huh? Don't we kind of approach God? God's all right, I got this, I know. I know, right? 
And God says, you don't have any earthly idea. God, I got this. No, you don't. But the thing is, is we've got to humble ourselves and let the Heavenly Father come in and stand over our shoulder and show us how to cast that rod out there. We've got to let Him show us so that we can repeat that action and do it again. We've got to come in and get that pride aside and let Him show us and say, okay, God, you're right because I don't know a thing compared to what you know. So please, come and show me. Now, I think probably the older we get, maybe we're more apt to realize how little we really know. Uh, And maybe it's difficult for when we're younger, I don't know. But I just know that we have to put our pride aside because we need God. We need God to come in and we need to show, have Him show us how to do these things. Matter of fact, Proverbs 16, 18 has a, it's one of the uh, probably most often quoted verses about pride not being such a good thing. Anybody know that verse? It says, pride goes before destruction, or pride goeth before fall, if you're, if you're a King James type person. A pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What does that say? That our pride can run us into the ground because we think we know better. But you see, the moment that we say, no, God, I got this, then we become our own God because now we're deciding that the creator of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful God, who loves us so much, He put us here and wants to um, come into our lives and He wants to spend an eternity with us and all of those things, and yet we're saying, no, God, I got this, I know. That's what pride is, or what, what pride often does for us. So we need Jesus in our lives, amen? We need Jesus because He already did what we can't do. Life is tough, and being a Christian in life is even tougher, you think? But Jesus promises peace, and He promises us comfort, and He promises it all in the midst of trouble and in the midst of difficulty. You say that our culture is pretty much in the midst of difficulty and trouble right now? Absolutely. But God is greater than all of this. We just have to humble ourselves before Him, push our pride aside, and know that God will because he's already overcome, God will give us the strength. He will help us through. And, you know, and the thing about it, again, is, is God knows that we, he created us to be in communion with one another. Uh, that's why our faith family is important. And so, you know, he gives us strength. He gives us faith families. He, he gives us, a, you know, a place like this where we can meet together. Uh, technology, even for those who can't be here, uh, so we can, they can join us on live stream. All of those things I think God gives us for support for one another and a reminder that we are not alone god says i'm going to help you overcome but you don't have to do it alone the second truth we want to point out today is this that christ followers have an important testimony how many of you got a testimony wow because <laughs> just now every one of you if you know jesus christ as your lord and savior you should just raise your hand up there here's why we all have an important testimony, and we can't be afraid to use it. First John 5.10 says, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And you see, everyone has a testimony. We talked a little bit about this on this past Wednesday night during our Bible study. Somebody brought up this idea of their testimony. We talked about witnessing and sharing the good news. And somebody said, you know, 
I may not know always the right thing to say, but no one can take my testimony away from me because that's mine. I know what God did for me. I have that personal experience. I have that personal relationship, and no one can dispute that because that's mine. You see, and that's the same, as, the same is true for all of us. We all have a personal testimony. Now, and I used to struggle with this idea of testimony because I thought, you know, growing up, I, I thought I should have to have a testimony like, like the former drug dealers who came and gave testimony at my church, you know. The, the things that I heard about people who were strung out on drugs and they were just trying to get their next fix to the, get to the next fix and so on, and they, they turned to selling drugs and doing drugs and, and rose up out of the street, you know, and then God got a hold of them and they got saved and turned their life around. And wow, what an amazing testimony of where they were and what God did in their life and how they did a complete turnaround and started the other direction and now they give Jesus credit for everything. Wow, what an awesome, amazing testimony. You think, well, I don't have a testimony like that. No, but you have a testimony. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then think about what He did for you. What did He save you from? What did He bring you out of? And it may not have been as dramatic as lying in the street looking for your next fix. But still, He saved us from the depths of hell. He saved us from sin when Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again so that we might be redeemed, we might be saved, and that we might find a place in the resurrection with him you know and if we've accepted jesus christ then we have an assurance of that place and what an amazing testimony what has god done for you and and it might be that along the way you've seen some things happen because of your faith walk that again are testimony to what god is doing in your life you know we just have to be open to it whoever god is moving however god is moving we just have to be open to letting god work through us And when things are not going the way that we want them to go, we can always be assured that even troubles will give us purpose. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Well, as I said, the uh, family, we we all went camping this past few days, and uh, I had Bible study on Wednesday night, so Alicia and the kids, we got them packed up in the pop-up camper and sent them off Wednesday afternoon. I came and did Bible study, and I was going to join them on Thursday, but the weather forecast wasn't looking so good. And so five people in a pop-up camper, I would have been six, and what can you really do? And so Lisa and I were talking back and forth, and she debated coming back, driving, because it was only an hour away down in Georgetown, Kentucky, and debated driving back and riding out the storm. So she said she prayed about it. Some of, she actually put a post on Facebook, and many of you probably saw this, and this idea, she, you know, she said, what can we, you know, what should I do? What should we do? Come back, ride it out. Anyway, she said that while she's trying to figure all this out, there's a knock on the camper door. And there's a family who has come to the campground, and they, was it Texas they came from originally? Oh, Arizona, oh yeah, further out even, Arizona. Uh, They had originally come from Arizona, and they were in the area. One of the things on this lady's bucket list was to go visit the Ark Encounter. Georgetown's about 30 minutes from Williamstown, so just not far from the Ark Encounter. The problem is, is they had this dog, a dog named Gary, because everybody should have a dog named Gary. You know, you know, if you get a dog, you should name him Gary. That's just a cool name for a dog. I don't know why. But, but anyway, so the problem was is that Gary couldn't go to the ark. You know, they could only put animals two by two a long time ago, and they all had the canine kind already, so they didn't need more dogs on the ark. 
So Gary couldn't go. But then what are they going to do with Gary? And the lady then said that, you know, when you came in yesterday, she says, we knew that's the people that are going to watch our dog. We knew that God brought you here. And so here was Lisa was and the family trying to decide, what do we do? What's best for us? Really struggling. And she's like, you know what? Now I've got my answer. I know. So they got to dog sit Gary and um, introduce him to a, a sound machine. And so the white noise sound machine to, and that stemmed his barking. So who knew? But anyway, uh, what an amazing story, though. But you see, that's just part of the continuing testimony. You know, and we add to that, is God real? Well, yeah, we've got a couple over here that has a need. They prayed, they saw, they came and said, God brought us to you, and will you watch our dog? Well, of course, how do you turn down, you know, how do you turn that down, right? It's like, well, if God told you, I guess we better do it. But what an awesome testimony, and that's not a huge thing, but it was huge for them because they got to leave their dog with somebody they, you know, didn't know, but now are Facebook friends, I guess, so... uh, but then they got to go experience the ark and, and come back. And then, actually, when they come, came back, they got placed in the campsite right next to ours. Um, so, but that's how God works, even the little stuff like that. So isn't that amazing? And that's the God that we serve, right? <laughs> Positive peer pressure is a good thing, right? Oh, they're crapping. I'm going to clap. It's great. But that's the God that we serve, you know? So even... The pouring down rain, and even those difficulties, God worked good out of that. Now, we need to understand that when it comes to our testimony and comes to, to sharing, we can, we can give testimony about how God is working and things like that. But, you know, we also need to make sure that part of our testimony um, includes us sharing the good news. You know, when we not, may not be blessed with the, the gift of evangelism. Some people are. I've met people that, you know, they, they could uh, witness to a tree and bring it to Jesus. You know, there's just real powerful everything they say. People want to listen to them and, and hear everything they say. And uh, it just, it just rolls off their tongue and they just have a way about them that, that people want to know to get, get to know Jesus through the words that they say. But we all have that testimony, even if we don't have that kind of personal, charismatic, evangelistic spirit about us. We still all have that testimony, and that's a testimony that every one of us can use. You know, James 1, 2, it says that we should count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds. In other words, be glad when things go bad. And that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to us, does it? I mean, you know, think about that for a moment. I'm pretty sure that, that not a single person in here, how many of you are drivers? How many of you will admit to ever being pulled over? <laughs> okay, well, that was greater than I thought. Um, how many of you, when you were being pulled over, looked up, saw those flashing lights in the rearview mirror and thought, what a great day. Look, i got another, another trial coming my way. What a great day this is, right? I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. But, you know, we've got to know that every trial we face, we face knowing that we can get the strength to get through it. And it doesn't mean that we're always going to come through unscathed, like you got a ticket and you had to pay a $120 fine or whatever it was. We're not always going to come through it unscathed. But when we get through it, it strengthens our testimony. How many of you have had something happen 
in your life that was not a positive experience, but you came through it. But once you were through it, you were able to use that experience in helping someone else. Anybody ever had that? See, again, that, that's just, again, testimony to how God works and how God will use those things to give us strength to get through something difficult that when we're through it on the other side, we can turn around and share that experience with someone else who may be going through the exact same thing or something very similar to what we experience. You know, again, that's just part of having that testimony and it's important that we all know what our testimony looks like now when we give testimony or when we are have an opportunity to share testimony most of us aren't going to necessarily be called up in front of a church or in front of a group and and asked to give your testimony although you might be i'm not saying that those are things coming but i'm not saying they're not you know i don't want to scare you uh, but what i'm saying is that that you know we, we all need to be prepared you know, the Bible tells us that we should be prepared in season and out, basically to give a defense for our faith. And our testimony then can become a part or even the biggest chunk of our defense because it's our personal relationship. It's our personal witness and it's our personal experience to what God is doing and has done in our life. So when it comes to testimony, how do you share your testimony? Most of the time, we don't just go up to someone and start talking to them and say, well, let me tell you about my experience with Jesus Christ. Unless that's somebody that you know and you've been building a relationship with them. And you get to that point in the relationship and you say, you know, tell me about, tell me about your, your religion. You know, you go to church on Sunday mornings and tell me about this thing. and Tell me about what's going on in your life. Then you've got this opportunity to, to open up and share. Most of us aren't going to see that experience happen that often, uh, if ever at all. But how do you share your testimony? Sometimes it's words, and sometimes there will be a call to share about what you believe. But another way that we can share is in actions. Do you share in your actions? Do you share by what you are doing and how you are uh, interacting with other people? And then one of the other things that we can do is, is pray with other people. You know, if, if people know that you're a Christian, if they know that you have a connection to a higher power, so to speak, at least in their minds, then, you know, when something's going bad, they might ask you to pray for them. And if you ever get the chance to pray with them personally, pray with them in person, take a moment and do so, because that speaks volumes. I remember one time when I was in, in seminary, I, I did a um, clinical studies at, at the hospital in my hometown. And so I was a student chaplain there for a period of time. And, and what I would do, how that worked, is I, I wasn't there that often uh, or that many hours during the week. But for the hours that I was there, I would go and I would talk to uh, nurses on the floor. And I would say, do you know of anyone that might appreciate a visit and uh, for me to go in and pray with them? And the nurses knew when I, the days that I was coming around and, and they would check. And if, if there was a certain patient that they thought, they'd send me that direction. And most of the times when I would go into the rooms, the people that were there, the patients were, were Christians, and they appreciated uh, someone coming and praying with them. One particular day, though, when I walked in the room, I was taken by surprise because I walked in, and there's a gentleman laying there in the bed, and, and I told him who, the, who I was, and I, and I told him why I was there. And he looked at me, and he said, well, I don't really subscribe to all that. He said, but I guess if you want to pray, go ahead. So I did pray with him, but it, it took me by, because again, most of the time when I went in, I knew that the, the nurses had figured out who were, for the most part, who were believers or church folk or whatever, and uh, 
And so I didn't encounter that. But it was interesting that he wasn't resistant. But I was able to pray with him and then have a little bit of a conversation. Um, now, it's not like I was able to lead him to Christ in those moments. But again, sometimes when we give our testimony, we're just simply planting seeds. And we, we don't always see those seeds come to fruition. But I think, again, we just do our part. And sometimes that testimony through words, through actions, or maybe even through prayers are simply doing that. We're planting seeds. We're planting gospel seeds that maybe someone else then is going to, God's going to send someone else behind us to come along and, and water those seeds and that they might grow to fruition. You know, that's, I think, a great way when we think about sharing our testimony and, again, the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus. You know, how are we sharing the good news? Testimony, words, actions. But, you know, if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the greatest news ever, right? Amen? The greatest news ever. And if you have the greatest news to share, when you get good news, when you get something that you're excited about, don't you want to share it with someone? Anybody? Or you just keep it yourself? That's great. I think I'll go tell no one. <laughs> now, when we get good news, we want to share it with somebody. We want to talk about what, what's going on. It's like, oh, my gosh, let me tell you about this, you know, what's happened in my life. Let me tell you about this. Oh, my goodness. Or, you know, hey, I got a promotion or, you know, I, I, I was having this uh, and, uh, and now or maybe I, you know, I went to the doctor and I had this going on and I went back to the doctor and guess what? They said they took me off the meds. Everything's going great. Yay. You know, and so we're excited and we share that with, with friends and, and with family. What's the most important news that we can ever share? The news of Jesus. It's the good news. It's the news of the gospel. And, and this news transcends this world, and it transcends this time, and it looks into eternity. And the thing about it is, if we're not talking about Jesus, if we're not sharing the good news in some way, shape, form, or fashion, who's going to? You know, we as followers of Jesus Christ have a responsibility to get out there and to share the good news, to tell people about Jesus and tell people about what He's done for us and how He's affecting our lives. You know, maybe, maybe what's happening right now with all the coronavirus and, and everything that's going on is that you are building your testimony. And at some point, you're going to get the opportunity. Somebody's like, man, I am so depressed. I am so frustrated. I'm so aggravated. I just don't think I can take this whole COVID-19 thing anymore. And, and you can say, well, you know, let me tell you, I've struggled with this too, but, but here's where I found peace. Here's where I found, you know, help to get me through difficult days and the unknowns and all of those things. I find it in Jesus. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean, Jesus? You know, so there's an opportunity that will come about even for these kinds of experiences right now. How are we getting through? But again, we have to be sure that we are talking about Jesus. When we're talking about him in words, we're talking about him in actions, we're talking about him, how we pray with people and how we interact with people. It's so important that we do that. And the other truth I want to bring out this morning is this, and that is that God answers our prayers. And we need to make sure that we are utilizing prayer. First John 5, in 14 and 15, it says, And this is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we asked of him. So when are we seeking God's will in how we pray? And when we, when we seek God, we know that God's going to grant our petitions. You see, when we pray in his will, then we're simply asking what God desires anyway. 
So, so if we're seeking first the heart of God and then seeking to pray, we're praying according to His will. You know, and, I, and I've said it before, I think there are pretty much three basic answers to every prayer that we ask. God can say yes. Sometimes God can say no. And sometimes God says wait. Wait, that's the one we hate the most. I don't know about you, but I'd just like to know. You know, if the answer is no, that's great. It may not be what I want to hear, but just tell me now. And instead you get, wait for it. What? Who wants to wait? That's why I want to know right now, right? I want to know right now. Yes, no, or wait. As far as your prayer life is concerned, when you go to the Lord in prayer, does your prayer ever have any structure? Know that it's okay to not have structure. I think I remember an episode of Happy Days. Remember, anybody remember that? Where it was Thanksgiving dinner, and Mrs. C, you know, Mrs. Cunningham, they invited Fonzie, Arthur Fonzarelli. She all didn't call him Arthur. Everybody else called him Fonz, right? Because he was too cool to be Arthur. And, and so he came in, and they were having Thanksgiving dinner, and they asked, she asked Arthur to, to bless their food, or turn grace. Maybe that was the TV phrase. And so everybody was like, oh, held their breath. Oh, my gosh. Fonz is going to pray. And he was like, hey. But as he, as, he, as he spoke and as he did it, you know, I, I thought, you know, some people might see that disrespectful. But basically, as he prayed, it was just like he's having a conversation with God. But isn't that what prayer is about anyway? You know, see, we don't have to have a specific ritual form. It's about praying and praying from the heart. There's nothing wrong with that. What I've found is that oftentimes I pray that way, and then sometimes, especially when my mind tends to wander, I don't know if anybody else's does, but, but my mind tends to wander sometimes, and, I, and sometimes when I can't gather my thoughts together, I pray through a structure like the Acts prayer. Um, and if you've never heard this before, um, it's a real simple thing that Acts, A-C-T-S, each one stands for something, adoration, that's simply praising God. That's your worship. Take a moment and worship God. See, it's confession, and that's saying, God, you know, because we're not perfect and we make mistakes, confessing our sins before God. The T is thanksgiving, and that's just giving thanks. Say, God, thank you for how you've blessed us. You have blessed my family. You've blessed me. You've blessed us in so many ways. And then S is supplication. Some other people might include intercession, but I include that, or I think of that as being part of your supplication, because what you're doing is you're bringing then your specific requests before God and your intercessory prayers when you pray on behalf of someone else. And so that, to me, figures into uh, the supplication. So, so including all of those things, you know, it's really got all the parts and pieces. And so that helps me on the days that I can't focus um, to just have a heart-to-heart with God that, that helps me sometimes then to go through uh, a, s- a structure like this. We've also talked before about breath prayers, is that we don't have to have the structure. It's just a matter of, you know, First Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing. In other words, have this attitude of prayer. And so that's the idea of uh, you're just walking along, you're driving along, you see something. You know, you're driving down the road and you, you see a person that's saying, you know, help, I'm homeless. It's like, Lord, you know, help that person. Uh, Lord, bring someone to, to that person. Maybe, that, maybe I can do something. You know, all of those things, I think that's just in the moment. You're driving down the road in, in an ambulance. You, have, you pull over, an ambulance goes flying down the road. You don't know what's going on, where that ambulance is going, but you can pray for that situation. You don't have to know because God already does. So, Lord, whatever's going on there, just pray that your hand be upon the people, that there would be no uh, serious injury or accident, and, and, Lord, we just lift those people up and they pray that they might see you. 
You know, again, those are just breath prayers, that pray without ceasing idea. It's important that we are people of prayer. You know, I think it's one of the things that sets Christians off from, you know, from certain other people around the world, that we are you know, actively involved in relationship. And prayer is that active communication with our Heavenly Father. So we need to make sure that we're doing our part to be prayed up. And to be prayed up, one of the things that we need to do is surrender our agenda. You know, don't have an agenda when you go to God. You've got some requests. You've got some things you want to bring to Him. But again, be open to what God is leading. Be open to what God is saying to you. And then another thing is that we need to make sure that we do our part to extend grace. God has extended grace your way. And in turn, we need to make sure that we extend grace to those around us and others that we come in contact with. Again, don't forget to go back and read through the rest of 1 John 5. We've kind of covered it in part to finish things up today. But I want to close this morning by, by just saying this. Um, obviously, many of you here are spent time in, in church, maybe grew up in church, maybe you've been in church all your life. And if, for many of you, maybe like me, you, you came to Christ, or came to that realization of accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior at a very early age. Or maybe at some point you went through a class, and we all come from all kinds of different backgrounds, and, and you went through the class and they told you, okay, you're a Christian now, and that's fine, but the problem is, is did you really receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you're here today and you've been having a lot of questions and you know what, you really have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So we want to give you a chance today to want to take a moment and, and talk about that, this idea that we need a Savior. Jesus Christ, Jesus, God, Son of God, who came, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and then willingly laid down His life, died a horrible death on a cruel Roman cross, died, physically died, was laid in the tomb, and then three days later rose again. Why did he do that? He did that out of God's love. Why? Because we are all sinners. We're born in a broken world. We have sin in our life. It doesn't make any difference if you're the greatest person that you know or anyone knows, and, and you have almost perfect track record. The thing is, is that any one sin, any small sin, no matter how big or small it is, that's going to keep you from the presence of God for all eternity. Because God is perfect and, and no sin, no matter how big or small, no sin can stand in the face of God. So God sent the law. But new men that couldn't keep the law. And so God says, you know, if you want a job done right, you've got to go do it yourself. And so he sent Jesus. And Jesus came, again, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, gave his life a sacrifice at the end. He became the blameless, sinless, pure, sacrificial lamb that paid the price for us once and for all. You see, you couldn't do anything about that sin, but God could. And he sent his son, and his son died so that you might be forgiven, so that you might be redeemed, paid for, in full by Jesus Christ. And he did that because he loves you so much. That's the grace of God. He loves you so much that he desires to have you in eternity with him for all time. So we need to recognize our need for the Savior. We need to recognize that we are sinners and that without him we can do nothing. But the good news, uh, Jesus died so that we might live. And that all you have to do, if you've never done it before, all you have to do 
is to accept Jesus for who he is. Accept that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died for you, and then believe on him and make him Lord of your life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. That's it in a nutshell. You may have seen or heard that before many times over. God died so that we might live forever. And he did it because his love and his, his uh, grace that he extends to you, his love is great, greater than anything that you experience in this world. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ for who he is and you've never made him Lord of your life, then why wait? Today is a great day to do that. Today is a great day. Don't put that off if you've never made that decision or if this is a decision that you've been pondering for a time. Or maybe you're here this morning, and as I say these things, maybe you think, you know what, I've never really thought about it much, and I'd like to talk more about it. Please, I'd be loved to sit down and, and have some conversation with you and talk about what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you happen to be here this morning and this is a decision that, you would, that you've been pondering, today might be that very day. So I'm going to ask, uh, Brian, do you have some music? you can play some soft music back there real briefly uh, if you'll just bring that up and play some soft music i'm going to ask everyone to go just kind of bow your heads and go to the lord in a word of prayer and, and maybe you have the assurance and you know where you stand but maybe there's someone in your family maybe there's someone in that same row with you maybe there's someone behind you in front of you whatever you don't know where they are so pray pray for the spirit to move in this room and pray for anyone who might need to accept jesus christ as lord and savior that, that Today might be that day. Today can become your birthday, your spiritual birthday, your spiritual renewal of accepting Jesus Christ and making him Lord of your life. Would you pray?